The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who follow it. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And on the left side of the page, you're going to see Bradley's show from Saturday. That's two hours worth of Bradley Dean. If you missed that and you want to catch that, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern today at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you've got, and then look for the Rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. We do have some friends over there. We are streaming live to Rumble at uh, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. We're also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there. Thanks to those guys for giving us that spot. Also, uh, DLive.TV at The Sons of Liberty, a number of Facebook pages that bear my name, uh, Twitter, for whatever that's worth, at the Real Tim Brow. Leave off the N off my name and put a 2 in its place, the Real Tim Brow 2. And then also twitch.tv at Real Tim Brown. You can catch us on all those places. But if any of them ever go down on you, sonsoflibertymedia.com is where you can find us. Okay, Right up under that's where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Those go out once a day, usually between 7 and 8 Eastern in the evening. If you want our ministry email and you want to know what we're doing, not only on internet and radio and out, but also out among the people teaching our Christian constitutional heritage, um, you can go to sonsoflibertyradio.com, sign up for that right on the front page. You get exclusive content every Saturday. We send it out once a week. So if you're interested in doing that, you can, you can sign up for that as well. And then finally, if you would like to support us and keep us out there doing what we're doing, uh, there's a donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that, make a one-time donation, and you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. 
And uh, we, as always, we really do appreciate you guys' help in, um, in so much of this. We really do. Just a couple of headlines here. I'm not going to play any video. Well, I'm going to play a video. It's going to be a short one here in just a little bit. But uh, these are a couple of the headlines that we had out uh, on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. These are the Republicans protecting Ilhan Omar. See, it's a uniparty. I don't even know why we even call them these things. They all are pushing the same agenda. There are very few, like maybe you could count them on a hand, on one hand, if you can even do that, who aren't pushing the the agenda to take away American sovereignty, to push uh, Soviet-style education, which is indoctrination on our children, um, to to attack the rights that we have as people to keep and bear arms or to have free speech or even to gather together. They're they're attacking the Fourth Amendment under the guise of the quote-unquote war on drugs and, and a variety of other things. Uh, these people are, are working together, and you guys who are still playing the, the two-party game, um, yeah. Remember what John Adams said. He said he saw that as a great evil, and I find it amazing that Christians tell me that they have to vote for the lesser of two evil, and I go, where does Jesus teach us that? Where does the Bible teach us that? It doesn't. It doesn't teach us any of that. So there's that. Then there's the FDA liars. COVID-19 vaccines are not associated with sudden death. Yeah. Yeah, come on. You got to trust us. These shots are safe and effective. I would say they're not safe and they're effective at killing you or injuring you. We, we've seen that. You, uh, you have to have your head buried in the sand not to see what it is. And then, of course, we've got the deal where we're dealing with these slavery reparations. You know, I didn't own slaves and nobody around me has been a slave uh, except to the federal government. Lincoln did not free the slaves. He made everybody a slave. That was that was the goal. Okay. We also have a new Twitter uh, files bombshell. Massive media fraud on an unimaginable scale. Silence the masses at all costs. And then um, <clears throat> if you missed the show on Saturday, I actually think that was a great show that we had with Kate. We talked about this issue of transmission that you know people are going around, and Kate brings Kate brings stuff to the table that a lot of people won't bring. And uh, she's been calling out really where the murders are really happening, and they're happening in the hospital. It has nothing to do with a shot. Um, I think it was like they were up to like 2200 a month that they have to murder. That's what they're doing. End-of-life care, they call it, but it's murder. God calls it murder. That they're having to do to, get their, to meet their quota to get their money in the U.K. That's what they're doing right now. Uh, but we talked about that, and we had a great opportunity with some, some people who came in the chat and— um, you know, questioning the Bible and questioning, you know, what we were putting forth and all this other great chance to present the true gospel, not this gospel you hear in the mega churches, the true gospel that calls men to repent of their sin and turn to the Lord Jesus. And uh, if you miss that, I don't know about you guys. Uh, I don't talk a lot during Kate sh when we have Kate on, but I I got a little fired up on that. So it was great. And I hope those people will come back. I really do. Um, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And if you're not here to hear the word of God, well then, um, you're you're not going to benefit from it. Anyway, we have a some uh, we have three guests on this morning, and uh, my friend Jim White. You got you guys have seen Jim. He's been on the show a couple of times from Northwest Liberty News. Uh, he and I were radio partners. Oh, gosh, it's probably been almost a decade ago now, and uh, still good friends. And I love Jim. Uh, I think he's a he's a man of integrity. He does some great reporting. Most of his reporting is just raw stuff. It's just he's out there filming. There's no well, if he edits, it's not to edit out, uh, you know, what's going on is add out, edit out if he got a bad shot or something like that. But most of the time, his stuff is live uh, that he does. He he owns a radio station out there. I think they do television somehow or, some, or whatever, too. But uh, but Jim put out this article the other week and uh, I saw it and I meant to follow up with it. And uh, it was called Shocking Video Shows Rogue Montana Cops Colluding Against Christian Missionary and Family. And this is the story about uh, Jesse Boyd, and I had seen Jesse. I'd seen what they were doing. Um, I think they, they walk, their, their intent is to walk from the East Coast to the West Coast across America. They've got an American flag they carry in a cross. And I'm going to ask him some questions here in a little bit, but uh, he and his family are joining us uh, this morning because of, of what happened. And we're going to take time, too, to uh, play a little bit of the interaction that went on with the policemen out there as to what's going on. But it's my privilege to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, uh, Jesse Boyd, uh, his daughter, Bethany, and her fiancé, Carter. Good morning, guys. Good to see you guys. Good morning. 
Good morning, Tim. It's an honor to be with you. Thank you for uh, caring about our situation. I'm very honored and humbled by that. Absolutely. Well, you know, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to do good to all, especially those in the household of faith. And mm-hmm. when when I see what was going on here, I didn't. There was obviously no video of what we're going to talk about here, as far as what happened. So, so for all intents and purposes, everybody looking at it goes, "Okay, this sounds like a he said, she said thing." But the fact of the matter is, what we're seeing is the Montana cops here, including the game warden, involved in what looks like collusion for the side of the man that you guys uh, claimed that you were attacked by. So let's start off with this. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about the ministry that you have there in North Carolina. Okay, well, uh, I'm, just a, I'm just a simple man, nobody special. I don't desire to be well-known. I'm content to be a nobody uh, and a fool for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just preface with that. But my family and I have had the great privilege of serving the Lord in over 40 countries around the world, particularly in close countries, and working with the persecuted church in places like Nepal, northern India, Bangladesh. We've also done uh, labor in South America. And so we've spent a good portion of the last 20 years serving the Lord on the foreign field. Some of those doors closed for us uh, when COVID came on the scene, and we found ourselves back here in America. I consider myself to be a missionary who labors for the gospel without benefit of furlough. And so uh, sitting here in America and watching the demise of our country, uh, as some of our doors overseas had closed, the Lord just burned my heart. I was greatly burdened after I watched uh, our liberties given up so easily during the COVID pandemic and watching the circus that was the 2020 election and the events of January 6th. And as a man whose family came here over 400 years ago, my ancestors landed in Tidewater, Virginia, not long after the founding of Jamestown. And um, I'm actually a descendant of the well-known Revolutionary War General Nathaniel Green, whose campaigns actually were very significant here in North Carolina, which led to the, the victory of the colonists over the British. And I'm a descendant of uh, Confederate veterans that uh, didn't own slaves, poor farmers that stood up for constitutional government. And so with this history, I'm very grieved and vexed for the state of my nation, just like Lot was dwelling in Sodom. And so the Lord laid upon my heart uh, as I was seeking what to do uh, in terms of uh, our next step in missions. And uh, Lord just pressed upon my spirit to pick up a cross Uh, We have a cross that we take out when we preach sometimes or do evangelism on the street corners and just to pick up a cross and go for a walk and to walk across America in the spirit of a watchman, warning my fellow countrymen that if we don't turn back to God, we're going to lose everything that our ancestors bled and died for. America has a spiritual problem and you can't fix a spiritual problem with political solutions. And so my 18-year-old daughter, Bethany, came to me and found out I was praying and seeking the Lord on this. I sought counsel from my local church leadership and had their blessing. And she said, Dad, you got to let me go with you. Um, Please uh, let me walk with you. Uh, I told her as long as she kept up with her schoolwork, she did her entire senior year high school on the road. And my partner in ministry, Eric, his uh, uh, open door in Columbia, South America, closed. And... uh, he came alongside and wanted to bear the burden. And we just set out walking from Cape Hatteras, North Carolina, all the way out there on the beach where the old lighthouse used to stand on March 1st, 2021. And we told the Lord we'd walk across America on the highways and byways until we got to the Pacific and that we'd bear testimony of America's spiritual problem. And we would point people to faith in Jesus Christ as the answer whoever the Lord put into our paths. And so we had done so. Uh, We had walked a continuous route from Cape Hatteras all the way into Montana as of November 2022, 5,543 miles across 17 states, 210 counties. We've been able to have more than 2,500 encounters with people along the highways and byways, particularly rural areas, We particularly wanted to um, just, we particularly wanted to engage people that are hardworking American families in rural areas uh, about the state of our nation. And that's what we were able to do. And 
by God's great and abundant grace, we had a long year and a half of service, walking, preaching, warning, and uh, never had any troubles. Multiple encounters with law enforcement who were checking on us, asking about what we were up to, responding to ridiculous calls that people would make when they would see us walking down a road. But we never had any trouble. We had some hostility, some cat calls, folks flipping us off, cursing us, but nothing that we couldn't handle or nothing that we couldn't just uh, blow off and keep going. Yeah, you're a big well, boy. You can you can take some name calling, can't you? Well, I've had people <laughs> in my face over the years. I've served the Lord in countries. Uh, you know, I've been surrounded by a Muslim mob, threatened with death. We've been attacked by a Hindu mob in Kathmandu, beaten with poles and sticks by under, over 100 people and had to, had to be rescued by police. I mean, I... Being insulted is nothing to me. And um, so, yeah, all of that changed on November 12th. Uh, Bethany's uh, fiance, Carter, who's sitting here to my right, he's walked with us close to a thousand miles in this uh, journey, gets off work from time to time and joins us. And he had come out uh, there at the end of uh, our leg. We were trying to get to uh, the end of the week so we could go home for the holidays. It was bitter cold in Montana. Uh, the day before this happened, the wind chills were sub-zero and quite dangerous. Someone had begged us to get off the highway as it grew dark. And so we were just trying to finish up the week, but Carter had a special mission. He wanted to come out to Montana. And uh, as he and my daughter were walking on some stretch of road, he wanted to uh, ask her to be his wife. And he had an engagement ring in his pocket and had my blessing to do it. So he had come out. He had brought my 12-year-old son, Josiah who uh, was begging his dad, dad, let me walk with you one more time before the end of the year. And Josiah had logged about a hundred miles. And so Carter brought him across the country on a road trip. They stopped in museums and did different fun things together. And then medicine, Montana on the 11th of November. And then on the 12th, we uh, went out uh, uh, walking together as we had done every other day. It was a sunny day. The temperatures were between five and 18 degrees very cold. Howdy. And uh, it was <laughs> wow. a Saturday. There were people out. Elk hunters were out spotting elk. And we had five or six pretty good encounters that day. Folks parked along the road. We'd walk up and talk to them. I have a special uh, gospel track. We call them walking preacher tracks that tell exactly what we're doing and have a message on there about America's spiritual problem and how the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, is our only hope. And so Things proceeded as they had many days before, and uh, long story short, uh, Bethany and Carter were moving the support vehicle up the road and had found a place to park and were waiting. Uh, they had waited about 45 minutes in a particular spot on the side of the highway, never had seen anyone. It's a very remote area in Madison County, Montana, okay. south of Indiana. Jesse, I, I want to I hold you there just a second yes. before we get into the serious stuff. And I want to bring Carter and Bethany in this now. Okay, Carter, you're you're going out there, <laughs> yes, sir. Bringing a future son-in-law, uh, you sly devil. You, uh, you, you, this is a great time, though. I, I think it's a memorable proposal and stuff. Tell us just a little bit of some good news in the midst of this of what's going on. How did you sneak this in on Bethany? The the, the proposal here. Well, the uh, incident kind of derailed the whole matter. For the time being and so it wasn't accomplished the day because of the incident so uh -huh. i ended up having to do it afterwards okay. so it ended up one of these things where you know the whole incident's happening and you're like oh well are we going to do this we're going to not but i figured as the lord sometimes uses evil for good i was going to take the bad situation and just stick some good in it find a silver lining to the heavy clouds so afterwards Amen. coming back um, home was when I was able to do it, and I think she expected it, but it worked out good, and there was probably more joy in it for the incident than there would have actually been beforehand. Amen, amen. That's I think that's I think that's a good way to look at it. Okay, so Bethany, you're just kind of looking there. Uh, were you surprised when he showed up? Was this something uh, that he expected? Uh, and how how's your reaction to what what he's doing? I mean, I've often heard a man doesn't ask a woman a question unless he knows the answer. So, uh, what what was your response there? 
Yes, sir. Well, I knew he was coming out to Montana, but I didn't have a clue. Like, I kind of suspected some things, but I wasn't sure, you know, what was going to go down. But by the time it happened, I was pretty surprised and excited. And obviously the answer was yes. So as he said, that was the great joy out of the midst of a mess (laughs) that kind of kept me going. Amen. Yeah, the Lord knows how to bring joy in the midst of the suffering and the the yes. things that go on in life. There's no doubt about that. And Romans eight twenty eight is very clear that He's working all things together for good, not for everybody, but for those who are who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So mm-hmm. praise God for that. Now, when are you guys planning on getting married? Not sure yet. Set yet. No date yet. Okay. Well, we're close by. I'm going to expect an invitation. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. I really yes, am. Jesse, I didn't, mean, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I thought that was a good thing to throw in here in the midst, that, that God is doing something. He's always doing something good in the midst of whatever we see is bad around us. So thank you guys for sharing that, that information with you. Jesse, go ahead with what your thoughts were there as you were leading up to this. Well, like I said, uh, we had walked most of the day. We had put in about 12 miles and it was time for Eric and I and my son Josiah would walk a leg that particular day. And then we would trade off and hand the cross and the flag to Bethany and Carter. And they had just finished up about a five mile leg and we switched off and we're just trying to get to this little community on a map called Cameron. We had about six miles to go and we were cold. We were hoping we could find a coffee somewhere and we had a cabin we were renting back in Island Park, Idaho, and knew it would be about an hour or more to get back there that night. So we just decided to split the distance of the last six miles. And I told Bethany to take the support vehicle up about halfway up and find a place to park. There were snow drifts on the side of the road, so you couldn't just pull off. Some of the pull-offs had snow that was a foot or more deep. And I just didn't want her getting bogged down in there. I had a four-wheel drive vehicle, but just to be careful where she parked. And she found a crossroads with U.S. Highway 287 and a a side road, and she parked on the apron of the highway. Uh, We know how to park a vehicle. We understand that an out-of-state tag in a rural area is a suspicious thing to some people. And we're accustomed to folks asking us if we're okay or if there's a problem. It's not a big deal. I mean, we've been across America in many rural areas. And so she did what she always did. Um, She parked somewhere and waited for us. They sat in the car. Normally we have chairs and we get out and just sit out and enjoy the sunshine. I have a drone I'll fly sometimes, but not when it's 10 degrees outside. So they were um, waiting in the car about 45 minutes. Eric, Josiah and I walked up. Um, We were moving slow because there was ice on the road and you just, it was bitter cold. And so we walked up. And I handed the cross to Carter. Uh, Eric handed the flag to Josiah. I mean, I'm sorry, to Bethany. And I took my backpack, Josiah's backpack and his flag. Uh, Josiah was carrying the appeal to heaven flag that you see hanging on my bookcase behind me. And I just went around to the back of my vehicle, opened it up. We have a gearbox that you have to unscrew the, the latch and swing it open to get into the trunk. And I threw the stuff in the back. And I was closing the gearbox like we always do so that we could get in the car and drive down the road and they start walking. And at that point, I heard a vehicle pull up and the rest of the team stopped talking. Everything went silent. And the vehicle turned onto the road and pulled up a little bit past us, parallel with our vehicle. And I look up and see a man in a truck, visibly angry, gesticulating with his hands and screaming something, but I couldn't hear him. He had the window up. And so I just kind of stood up and spread my arms like what's going on. And he rolled his window down, started cursing and threatening something about you folks think you own the place. You can just come in here and park wherever you want, and do whatever you want to do. And honestly, Tim, I was, I thought the guy mistook us for someone else. I had never seen him before. And um, I just explained, sir, uh, there's not a lot of places to park out here because of the snow. We're just a team walking across America. I'm sorry, we're leaving right now. And that wasn't good enough. He started screaming and cursing. My 12-year-old son was standing beside of me. And I just told him there's no need to act like that. 
and uh, he used some very, very foul and blasphemous language. And I responded like I characteristically do. I don't, I think, I don't, I don't like people using language like that in front of children and women. And I told him that, Amen. To get out of there, you need to get out of here, sir. Going home and make sure you wash that filthy mouth of yours out with soap. There's no reason to talk like that in front of women and children. That's right. Well, at that point, he says to me, I'll show you. And he reaches across his front seat. I don't know what's in his front seat. I can't see. My first thought, we're in Montana, where everybody I'd seen that day had a gun. It's a constitutional carry state. So 90% chance that a guy in a vehicle who reaches for something's reaching for a gun in Montana, as far as I can see it. And he gets out of the vehicle and comes around the front and makes a beeline for me standing right beside my son. And it looked like I was staring down a defensive tackle on the football field. And so I got this big man rushing around his car right at me. I don't know if he's going to draw a gun on me. I don't know if he's got a knife in his hand. I don't know if he's going to tackle me or clothesline me over my gearbox. So I did what anybody with any sense would do. I was carrying a small Derringer on my hip. You'd be a fool to walk across America, especially in grizzly bear country. Absolutely. Without a firearm. You're going to need something a little more punch than the Derringer, though, man, for a bear. Well, I had a, a, I'm not a guy that likes to, I, I, I don't like stuff on me. You know, I like to be able to move freely, and I've never been a guy that can just handle a, a, a pistol on a holster. I, you know, I'm not a guy that likes my pants too tight or the, the belt too. I mean, I'm just OCD about that. So I carry what the smallest thing I can carry that I don't feel. And that's more of an OCD. But I had a two-shot Derringer, and I had two 410 3-inch shells in there that I figured were very loud. I'm not a great marksman. And best case, worst-case scenario, I could at least scare wildlife. I had two opportunities to scare a piece of wildlife very badly. And uh, I'd rather not shoot and kill a grizzly bear. My sh- I'm not that great of a shot, so uh, I'd probably just make them mad. So I figure I hope I can scare one. But anyway, guy comes around the front of the car, and I drew down on him. I drew a weapon. I pointed in his general direction. I said, sir, I'm in fear for my life. You need to get back in your car. I got children out here. And it did exactly what it was intended to do. It stopped him dead in his tracks. Amen. Good. And so at that point, uh, I've got him stopped. And... Eric comes around, moves Joseph out of the way, and uh, begins to try to reason with the guy, look, we don't want any trouble. And at this point, I'm able to do what uh, someone should do in that situation. I was able to observe, did he have a gun in his hand? Did he have a knife on him? I didn't see anything. And so as he began to calm and simmer down a little bit, I made a grave error. I made a grave error. I made the mistake of thinking as preachers who ultimately want to point others to Christ Jesus and his salvation, I thought we could reason with this guy. And so in good faith, I reholstered the weapon. I handed it to Eric and told him to put it away. And once I made that good faith decision and Eric turned away, the guy became very aggressive. And so from that point, I had to deal with a guy in my face, screaming, spit, getting on my face, threatening me. I warned him multiple times not to put his hand on me, that I would defend myself, that we just wanted to leave. He told us we weren't going anywhere. And the guys got me positionally pinned up against my vehicle. So I knew I couldn't leave without making physical contact. And I sure wasn't going to turn my back on him. And so this went on for a few minutes. I stood there with my hands by my side warned him multiple times, and then he put his hands on me. And when he put his hands on me and pinned me up against the vehicle, he just kind of he lunged into me with his chest and pinned me against my vehicle. I pushed him off. I got in a defensive stance, and I told him, don't do it. Don't do it. I will defend myself. And at that point, he just punched me in the face, broke my glasses. Uh, my partner ran around and got between the two of us and tried to plead with him that we didn't want any trouble. And this man barreled over top of him and just went in full bore attack mode. And and let's 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 clarify something here. You're a guy, you've had martial arts training too, right? Is that correct? Or is that your is that your partner? 
Yes, my background's in martial arts. I've so, been training for about 30 years, and I have I teach Aikido in Hickory, North Carolina. And okay. so I'm able to defend myself. Um, I made the decision out there um, after I put the gun away, consciously in my mind, that I was not going to use Aikido. I just wasn't going to do it. We were in a very precarious position hmm. in the middle of nowhere, um, and I was nursing a back injury. I had slipped on the ice a couple weeks before. And it had gotten so bad that the previous week we had driven over to Boise uh, to wait out a winter storm. And so I could try to nurse my injury. Uh, we stayed with a pastor friend and I had to get some back treatment done. And so I was very uh, hesitant uh, to engage in any sudden movement because it had been such a, a burden and things were starting to ease up. And so I, I had all that in my mind and I just made a conscious decision protect yourself, but don't, don't use martial arts. And, and I didn't do it. Well, know, the, the, the reason martial arts has to make in any particular circumstance. Yeah. The reason I, I'm going to play this video here in just a second, uh, of the, of the, of the Montana cops that were there. The reason I bring that up is they keep making mention that, well, he knew, he knew martial arts and this, that, and the other. So basically you could have kicked the guy's butt and uh, been done with it. Uh, but you restrain yourself from that. You used a, you brought out the weapon to defend yourself and your children, and you put it away. And so th this issue that this guy continues to have, and I, I don't know if you ever figured out why he had a problem. Uh, what I was hearing in the long version, and I'll have this up. I'm not going to have the long version here. It's going to be sort of a slightly edited, you know, just chop parts where you can hear what the cops are saying. But there's a longer version where somebody leaked the body cam. And that we have here, and I, I keep hearing them making mention of this kind of stuff, and that oh, you know what, you're a preacher. What are you doing with a gun? Oh, but it's okay. There's nothing wrong. But they keep making mention of the guns. They keep making. I mean, you could have took this guy out pretty quick if you wanted, if that's what you wanted to do. And obviously, you didn't want to do that because the guy's still breathing. He's he might be a little bloody, but he's still breathing. What happens after this situation to where he's got you up against the 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 vehicle and he throws a punch at you? Well, after he hit me once, I mean, I, I, I got punched in the face. And so proverbially, proverbially, I turned the other cheek and my friend Eric tried, my partner Eric tried to get between him and he ran over Eric and just went full bore attack. And at that point, I fought back and we were on ice and snow. He was able to grab me and throw me into a fence. And then we were on the ground. And so I suddenly found myself with a back injury on my back in the snow there was snow covering my face and this large man who outweighed me by at least 50 pounds was on top of me pummeling me and i did what i knew to do i was able to bring my legs up and cover my face and at that point i was just protecting myself i had on two or three layers because of the cold i had a beanie and a hood and i had my elbows and my knees up just like i've been trained to do to protect myself and he's just pummeling me and so I heard my daughter yell, "Get off my dad!" Yeah, let's let's stop there, Bethany. What did you do here? You're 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 shouting, Carter. I don't know if you were involved. If you want to chime in as well, but Bethany, what did you do when you saw all this happening? Yes, sir. Well, I was obviously pretty nervous when we were sitting there and just watching it all go down. And the first thing that came to my mind is when he threw my dad to the ground, as I did remember his back injury. So I was really concerned that he had put him out. He wasn't even going to get back up. And so at that point, I was just scared and was screaming, get off. That's enough. Stop it. Get off my dad. And just yelling, get off. And so by that point, when he threw him to the ground, I just ran over there and did what anybody else would do. I tried to pull him off, trying to get him off my dad. And uh, Eric was trying to do the same thing. And so it was, it was just a scary situation. But I mean, I did what I had to do. I wanted to get him off my dad. and I couldn't even see my dad because this man was so large. He was burying him in the snow. And so uh, I just tried to pull him off, tried to get him off. Okay. All right. I'm going to tell you, you didn't do what anybody else would do. People today pull out their phones and they start videoing. They don't They don't right. respond to people. They can call for help. But unless you point those people mm -hmm. out and say, help me, 
they don't get called out and they're happy to have their Twitter or TikTok or whatever video right. up that they mm -hmm. covered. So, and I'm not against coverage because we, I think we need that mm -hmm. to know what's going on. But at the same time, it's like somebody's got to respond and help somebody. Um, was there any more than just trying to pull him off? Did you jump on his back? Did you pull his hair or anything like that to try to get him off your dad? Well, I had, before I was going to begin walking, I had already had a flag in my hand pretty lightweight flag, just a little broomstick. I mean, it's not heavier. You could pr easily break it if you wanted to, but that being in my hand, I just went over there and struck him just a few times on the back, and I don't think it really did anything. I was just trying to get him off, but just just a few times, not much of anything. Well, amen, amen. Brother, you got a good daughter that loves you who will go in there and do that. That is that is almost as rare as hen's teeth, as we say here. Uh, many well, times. I'll tell, you, I'll, I'll tell you, Tim, you know, I've trained Bethany and I've also Amen. trained Eric. And we have a code of ethics in our dojo and we have a code of conduct. You know, students are not allowed to start altercations, but they are expected to assist or aid those that are victims. Amen. And, Good. Uh, Good. Bethany and Carter did exactly what they've been trained to do that day. They didn't think twice about coming to my assistance. And uh, they knew that uh, they know what, what I'm able to do. They know what I'm capable of doing. But they also understood that I was injured. And they came to my aid. And they both got in big trouble for it. So it, it cost them something, unfortunately. But I'm just honored. I, I'm honored that, uh, that they did that. And Carter oh, as well. You should I mean, be. You should be. That, and that's the I'll tell you what, that's to me, that's the reward of the Lord. Uh, we've had five kids in the hospital, five kids at home. Each one of them we read Psalm 127, 128. The audience knows as soon as they're born, let them know they are a blessing from the Lord. They're an arrow to be shot out into the world to uh, destroy the works of the devil out there. And, uh, and, and it's a blessing when your kids rise up and they call you blessed, like it says about the Proverbs 31 lady, uh, about mom, but also dad too. And that they're willing to, you know, put themselves in harm's way or in trouble because they love dad or they love mom. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you, Bethany. Good for you. I, 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 I can't reiterate that enough of how important that is and how rare it is. I know you said there, anybody would have done it. No, they wouldn't. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't do that. But you did, and, and praise God you did. I want to play this little thing. You, you've kind of given us the issue of what's going on, and I want people to pay attention to a couple of things. It's only a couple of minutes long. You guys who are listening on the radio, if you want to see it, sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can head over there right now, and you can click the play button, and you'll get this. But when you listen to these Montana cops, um, I it's like... I'm listening to him just go on, and this one guy's got just a filthy mouth. That's why he's the only one who had it, as far as I see, and I had to keep bleeping him out. And then you've got the game warden. I don't know what the game warden's doing out here. Uh, well, Tim, let me interject. Yeah, go ahead. Let me interject quickly that uh, they were, we were able to extricate ourselves from the situation. Um, on the ground, I was able to wedge my feet up in there, and I got him, brother. I kicked him in the face. I was on my back, and he got the bottom of my boot. It busted his nose and it made a little, little tiny cut above his eye. And that was what allowed me to get out from under him. At that point, Eric had him restrained in an arm bar. And Eric said, are you finished? If you're finished, I'm finished. And the guy relaxed as if he was finished. And so Eric mercifully let go and said, we're done here. Well, then the guy turned on Eric and tried to attack him and pull him to the ground uh, like he had done me. And so I rushed back in to get Eric extricated. And finally, the guy gassed out. At that point, he said to us the same thing he said at the beginning of the altercation. He boastfully said, I know the sheriff in this county, and you guys are going to pay for this. There you go. At that point, two other trucks drove up. There were at least three people, to my recollection. There were two people in one truck and one in another. And then suddenly, I've got a guy saying, the Cowboys are here now. We got the numbers and others get out of the vehicle. And so they start approaching. I think this is bad. This is really bad. And so I asked Carter, I said, Carter, hand me your firearm. Carter had a firearm on his hip. He carries one for self-defense. And he handed me his firearm, and I held on to it for a minute because I didn't know what was going to happen when these others came on the scene. 
And uh, I held it clandestinely to my chest. They stopped at the fence line. When they stopped at the fence line and began to threaten they were going to kill us and that uh, we didn't need to get our Jesus blankety blank out of here, I handed the gun back to Carter and I said, you and Bethany, get down the road because I didn't have the keys. I didn't know where they were. I had to look for them. And so uh, they headed off down the highway with the cross and the flag. I went and found the keys. We drove off. Well, the guy, the guy called 911 while we were standing there and claimed he was assaulted. We got out of there because these others are threatening to kill us and run us over with the car. And uh, I'm in the middle of Montana. I'm not stupid. And uh, I'd be stupid to assume that they didn't mean what they said. And yeah. I got down the road. And as soon as I could get cell phone service, we tried multiple times. I was able to get 911 dispatch on the phone. And I, w- I had a 10-minute phone call. And I told them that we'd been attacked by some locals and what we were doing, that we were going to park. This is our location. We want to cooperate and uh, was very clear. And I expected officers to show up and ask some questions. We were willing to cooperate. And instead, they swatted us. And uh, the story goes from there. I think the vehicle, I mean, the video you reference, uh, is, it tells a story. Yeah, it most certainly does. And uh, and this is part of what we talked about the other week when we were talking about Gavin Newsom and the weapons of war. He wanted to, the Second Amendment was written to protect weapons of war. Sorry, it was for the people, not for the government, for the people. Uh, but this is uh, this is the thing. And I and I want people to grasp uh, what you're doing there, Jesse. The Bible calls us to be meek as our Lord Jesus was. Could Jesus not have wiped out every enemy he had? He could have called legions of angels to just annihilate the Romans and the Jews. He could have done that, but he didn't do that. Why? Because he had a, he had a he had a ministry. He had a purpose for which he came, and that was to give his life for the sake of his people. And so when I when I hear this, and you're talking about the language they use, especially when they want to make you hear you'll hear these guys. I'm going to play it here in a second. You'll hear them talking about this guy's an evangelist, and they'll keep making reference to well, you got a gun. Oh, but it's okay that you have one. But they keep making that as though they don't have guns on their hips, as though they're well, superior Tim, to us. I don't know. We never use the word evangelist. That's what struck me as. But that's uh, what they're saying in the video. Yeah, I was curious about that because yeah. that's not a normal word. Yeah. That that uh, uh, people outside of the church would use, and sure. I identified myself when I called nine one one as a pastor from North Carolina. So sure. I found it strange that they derided us as evangelists. Yeah. Well, let me play this video here. Uh, you guys hang on. It's just a couple of minutes, and uh, we're going to air this here. And so you guys can hear it on the radio, but if you want to see it, sonsofthelibertymedia.com. Here it is. Every one of these sons of bitches go to jail. Do you have any weapons on them? No. Oh, yeah. Well, why would you pull a gun? Exactly. I don't know what went on there. I'm hitting the play. The deal with the gun. Here we go. Um, I've just always carried one for self-defense. Nothing wrong with that. The guy had backed up but still appeared threatening, and he just had it in his hand and just said, you know, don't come, don't do anything. You know, mm-hmm. you know that's actually against the law, right? No. To do that. No, to pull that weapon. Okay, just want to make clear, the lady uh, from Facebook who, who did this, what she did was she put the Castle Doctrine of Montana... So whoever this cop is that's saying this is lying to you, Carter, and you, I'm sure you probably know it, but if a, personally, if a person reasonably believes that the person or another person is threatened with bodily harm, the person may warn or threaten the use of force, including deadly force, against the aggressor, including drawing or presenting, uh, presenting a weapon, which we also have in South Carolina, uh, we can assume the rights of the person who's being assaulted. Weapon out and do display like that. That is, it's illegal to do that. Each one of these guys said specifically, I was in fear for my life. I was in fear for my dad's life. I was in fear for their life. They've been trained on that. Now, this is the yeah. guy who attacked them. These, these well, are evangelists. Is that what they are? Yeah. Well, actually, I've literally, legitimately, when they said it was a guy's game, he's, he's attacked the with the spear, but he's playing days, like he's the victim. Uh, like max in mm-hmm. and I'm like what is this they all I don't understand how evangelists you evangelists right in the middle in the middle of Montana nowhere out here get into a basically a gunfight confusing to me how you, you guys are like I would call yourselves evangelists yes sir so evangelists 
how an evangelist can be walking across America and spread the word of God, carrying a gun, which is perfectly legal. So why bring it up? Get into a fight in the middle of Montana, on the middle of the road nowhere, and decide that, you know what, I think I need my gun to shoot somebody. And this guy couldn't think of anything that he said specific that was threatening for his life. Yeah. He just said he was threatening and yeah. cussing at him. No, yeah. These guys all said that uh, he came at him in an aggressive fashion. They were in fear for his life. So they all kind of had their story playing. Yep. And they all said that they were in fear for their life? Yeah. And for God's life. Two or three witnesses confirmed the matter, people. Old yeah. and New Testament. Child Protective Services. If he can't come to the God, Now, all right. next dumb Let's stop is, there just for a second, and I'm going to play the rest of it. You remember Jim White is the guy for, I don't know how long, more than a year was bringing all these families about CPS and about how they were kidnapping the kids. And they wouldn't give the kids back, even if they complied with it. They wouldn't do it. We had Heather Hobbs on who talked about Planned Parenthood being involved with CPS to force women to abort their children, to murder their children in order to get their other children back. And here, right off the bat, Oh, we got to get CPS out here to get the kids. You see where this is going? These guys are as corrupt as the day is long. That's what they are. That that's what the, this is all about: money and control. That's what it's about. Who's gonna Who's gonna watch the county while we're all? I'll call them again. Um, Holy so every all these guys are meant to assault them too. Yeah. 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 Well, we got ag assault for the weapon. You got ag assault for the damage to the fucking face on every one of these. Is it bad? His, well, he's got cuts on his face. His nose, my his his nose was bleeding the most. For the uh, statue, it's uh. You guys pay attention to the names of these men. Yeah, but you can TBI. You can do assault. They no, need to be removed from office, the and they that need to cut? be prosecuted. Yes, yeah, so he's got that cut above his eye. Um, his nose will bleed, and I asked him if he bit his lip or anything like his. I don't know. I got one. Might have gotten hit. I've asked him multiple times Ag just to get checked call. out, and he won't do it. Ag I wonder that maybe we should call an ambulance just for him? Yeah, just in case. Because if he's got a brain bleed or something and we didn't call an ambulance. Yeah. Well, and that was the whole thing, too. Like, dude, it makes your case stronger. It makes your case stronger. Sergeant Alec Wynn, Game Warden Robbie, Deputy Dan Wyatt. Uh, these are the guys who are talking here. And Deputy Wyatt has got a foul mouth. He does need some soap uh, for his mouth. But I'm going to tell you what. It, it's like they're, at they're, they're attacking you, Jesse. And people don't understand. They think Christians are supposed to be these little, little weak, wussified, feminized, pan panty-waisted men who just stand down and just take a beating. And it's like, wait a minute. Do you guys not read Jesus' words we referenced the other day? about selling your cloak he he sent them out so that they would understand he was with them but he said i'm going away you sell your cloak and get a dagger he wasn't saying it so you convert people at the tip of the sword it's so he knew there were robbers there were thieves there were people who wanted to kill him and if they if they were just journeying on their way they had a means of defense and these got this guy who attacked you you know it's like they say you play stupid games you get stupid prizes and that's that seems to be he got the, the bully in the playground kind of whooping, and now he wants to play the victim, which is what the LGBTQ does, what the Muslims do. It's what all these other groups do. They, they, they attack you, and then they play the victim. A am I missing something here? Because that sure looks like what it is. Look, at the end of the day, Tim, we were just minding our own business. We were minding our own business, exercising our religious and our Christian convictions, on the highways and byways, the place in America that they are most protected. There is no doubt in my mind we had been seen out there. Uh, the game warden admitted it. Now, he's lying when he said he had seen us for the last 10 days because from November 5th until 10th, we were in Boise where I was nursing a back injury. But we had been seen out there. We were very exposed. And I am convinced that when these officers were sent to the scene, they knew who they were coming to. They had seen us. And I'm convinced it was about the cross. That's why the individual stopped and got angry in the first place. His anger and his road rage was so far beyond normal interaction. We were not on his property. 
We were not blocking access to anyone. And uh, it was all about the cross. When the others drove on the scene and the first thing that comes out of a guy's mouth is get your Jesus blankety blank out of here. That's what I thought. I reasonably conclude that we had been seen. And so throwing words around like evangelists that we never used ourselves, these officers were aware of our presence in that county. They didn't want us there. And just like the attacker, uh, they too considered that we weren't welcome in Montana. The attacker told us we weren't welcome there. He mocked us as being Southerners from North Carolina. And uh, he also boasted openly uh, about being MAGA and QAnon. That's what blew my mind. The guy's telling me, I'm part of Q. Do you know QAnon? You know, you ought to be scared of me. And I mean, it was just unbelievable. And um, we warned him. We we told him we were leaving. Um, we were upfront with the officers, but they targeted us. I mean, I didn't understand, you know, him talking about gunfight and shooting somebody. There were no weapons discharged. There was not a single weapon discharged. Gun wasn't fired. That's right. And they're sitting there accusing us of getting in a gunfight and acting as if there's something wrong with a preacher having a gun. Yeah. And I'm asking myself, you guys live here in Madison County, Montana. Did you forget that we're in grizzly country? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many times locals warned us about grizzlies. I had been stopped over in Grand Teton National Park uh, not too long before this. Uh, I was trying to get to an intersection after dark, and two federal law enforcement officers pulled over to check on me. And I, it was a friendly interaction, but they were genuinely concerned because there was a rogue grizzly in that area. And they wanted to make sure that I had some form of protection. And they asked if I had a firearm, and I said yes, and I also had bear spray. So, I mean, we were in grizzly country, and they're sitting there talking about why, you know, you got a gun or something like that. Why is it wrong for a preacher to have a gun? I mean, the Methodist circuit riders and the first and that's second right. You gonna tell me they rode around wild country? <laughs> no, that, that's no. They under, they understood properly the role of weapons. I mean, King David. He says, "You train my fingers for war." Uh, you know, you, you read Samson, he can take up a weapon that's a jawbone of an ass, and he can whoop some Philistines. So what what is this? I, I don't understand this modern thing about Christians, that weapons are somehow a bad thing. They're a good thing if they're used for good, if they're used for that. Let me let me ask you this real quickly, because we got about two minutes here. Um, today, the Montana AG's office have called for an emergency hearing. And my guess is it's because this video that we just played got out, which praise the Lord for whoever leaked this video. I pray God's blessing on you. I, man, I hope you stay in wherever you're at to get this stuff out. I really do. What's going on with that? you got about a minute and a half. Unless we, If you guys can hang over, we'll hang over for a little bit. Uh, yeah, and we'll, yeah. Okay. Well, what do you what do you make out of this? And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take in the archive this morning. I'll have the the number to the Montana uh, Attorney General. Uh, I want you guys to do what you did for that lady up in New York. Remember the affluent um, a lawyer's wife who they committed and did all this stuff. I want you guys. You guys just went into the Zoom meeting. I'm telling you, within two days they let the lady go. You guys made a difference. You guys who are listening, who did that, you really did make a difference. So you do have an impact, even if you don't live in the state. And we'll let you call them again. Be respectful. Control yourself in that. But let them know. Look, this is not cool. We've seen what your officers are doing. We see what's going on out there, and we're watching what you're doing. So you've got about a minute here before we end the radio show. We'll hold you over just a little bit, not too long. But uh, what's going on there? What do you perceive from that? I have no idea what this particular hearing is about. Uh, very succinctly, uh, we were the four of us were arrested and charged with felony assault. We spent five days in jail. Uh, we were only released. Each of us were given a $50,000 bond. My child, Josiah, spent those days in CPS care. None of us have any criminal records. The man that attacked us does have a criminal record. And so we were targeted and persecuted for our religious faith. There's no doubt about that. Um, we had to wear ankle monitors by God's grace at the initial hearing. The judge removed those a week ago. 
And we were told uh, that we, you know, we'd have something down the road, didn't have a specific date when we needed to appear again in okay. a Montana court. Jesse, hang on. Let me close out the show. We're going to give this. This is the Montana Attorney General's number, 1-800-498-6455, 1-800-498-6455. Make sure you mention Jesse Boyd and his family and tell them you're displeased with what you've seen. You're going to be watching them. SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. See you in the morning, 6 a.m. Lord willing. Adios. Okay, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just want to get the, all this other out of the way. But go ahead, Jesse. Finish your thoughts of what you were saying there. And so, yeah, we, we were told a, a week ago that there'd be a, 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 some sort of a hearing on the 22nd of March that just involved the attorneys and the judge encourage us to continue with our missionary work. Uh, obviously, it's too cold to continue walking right now. I've been uh, uh, hoping to spend a little time in Israel next month, uh, and um, that's what we were working to do. And then suddenly we have this emergency hearing being called. Apparently, I saw things last week online, Tim, that I had never seen before. That video you just played, I had never seen that interaction. Um uh, there was media that was showing video of my son who was taken from the scene back to the location of the man who attacked us, back to that man's business, the one my son had seen attack his dad, and he was left unattended in a police vehicle, went looking out the window, he sees this truck that he remembers, and he's scared to death. And so I'm, I'm seeing this stuff pop up on the media and on social media and I'm wondering what in the world is going on. I haven't even seen any of this stuff. I'm assuming there's a whistleblower somewhere because we certainly hadn't even, we didn't even have that stuff in our possession. Um, we hadn't seen it. I had heard the 911 call. But um, so this, these things are coming out. And um, now we've got a question here. Out. We got a question here. Did you get your son Josiah back? Yes, my wife, uh, Jamie, and my other daughter, Charlotte, flew out to Montana a few days later and were able to get him. And I will have to say, he was treated horribly by the officers. He was traumatized. They did damage to him psychologically. Mm. But once he was turned over to the lady working for CPS and put in a home, I have to say, Tim, I was... It was, a, it was a blessing of the Lord. They treated him so kindly. There was an older woman that lived in a great big house in Bozeman that took care of him. And he was treated very well once he was out of the custody of those wicked officers. That's a rarity with CPS. Very too. rare. Yeah, that's a rarity. Well, I'm glad to hear that he was that he's back. So he's, he's doing okay right now. But mom yes. and, and your other daughter had to come out. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they flew out to Montana and okay. were able to uh, get him. And then when we finally got out of jail, Bethany and Carter and I were in one facility in one county. Eric was in another facility in another county. Um, we They were standing there waiting for us uh, out of the jail when we came out five days later. Okay. Carter, let me, let me bring you back into the conversation here because you were part of that video there. The officer's talking about you, and he says, you've got a gun. And and then he says, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's like, well, then why bring it up, dude? I, I, I don't get that. I don't – this thing about the guns and stuff, it's like this should be like you wearing a T-shirt. It's a yeah. right that you have. You have a right to clothe yourself. In fact, you have a duty to clothe yourself. And you have a right, and I believe as a Christian man, you have a duty to arm yourself. If you're not arming yourself as a Christian man, I kind of question whether or not you understand the Scripture. So – how are you feeling when this officer is is saying what he's saying to you that we, we watched in the video? Well, I was initially confused because at first he's like, well, this is fine. And then he's like, well, that's illegal. And it like in my brain, I had read the Montana laws on it just a few days before because whenever I'm going to go, I've never been to Montana before. Whenever I'm going to go to a new state, I'll go read up on the gun laws. Smart man. But in, in the cold and the shock and everything, I didn't have the presence of mind to refute what he said with the actual law but after he said it i was confused as in wait a minute but then the, there was another officer afterwards talking to me and he yeah he was like oh that's totally fine yeah it's a constitutional carry state totally fine to carry that so i was just very confused and looking back i wish that i had had both the presence of mind and the law inside my head to just refute it with the state law 
because he was clearly violating his own state law and what he told me. Yeah, amen. That's exa- and, and this is the problem. You have a lot of people in law enforcement. There, I think there's some decent guys, but boy, you got to look hard and hard and wide to try to find them. Uh, the majority of them don't know the law. They're imposing things that aren't law, and uh, and and this is what this is what drives me nuts. Is they're supposed to be they're supposed to be setting the standard themselves, and if they don't know how to do that, then they're going to be tyrants. That's what they're going to end up being. Whether they're soft tyrants or whether they're hard tyrants, that's what it's going to be. All right, I want to give a final word here, um, and let's let ladies go first, okay? So, Bethany, we're going to turn it over to you. I want to give you guys a final word because I don't want to leave it as just, this is all bad, it happened to us, and this, that, and it. Look, the Bible says that we're going to be persecuted for Christ's sake. If our Lord was persecuted, if he was tortured, if he was put to death, he asked his disciples, what do you think they're going to do to you? What what do you think is going to happen here? And the Apostle Paul says, we enter into the kingdom through much tribulation. So we know we're going to face those kinds of things. The question is how we face them. Bethany, I'm going to give you a final word. And then Carter, if you'll go next, and Jesse will let you close out. Can you give the people who are listening a final word of exhortation? I don't like to leave people without hope. I don't like to leave them in this thing of, oh, the bad guys have really got this thing. Look, when the bad guys pick on God's kids... You listen, bad guys, it's not going to end well for you. It's not going to end well for you because our daddy sees what's going on. But, Bethany, can you give a final word of exhortation, Carter, if you'll pick up, and then Jesse will turn it over. (laughs) Yes, Mr. Tim, I just I praise the Lord for just what he's taught me personally in this whole situation. And it's really shown me more than ever before that he cares about his children. And regardless of the situation and uh, how hard it may be, He's still helping us through this and providing us with what we need um, to get through it. And I always try to remember that he doesn't put his children through stuff that he hasn't suffered himself. And he always gives us the uh, the needs that we have to help us to get through it. And Amen. so I just I take great comfort in the Psalms and reading about how the trap that the wicked have laid, they're going to fall into themselves. And so I just have to put these things in the Lord's hands and just trust that He's going to make a way, and uh, if we're just going to be the spark in this fire, then so be it. Let God use us, whether it's to wake people up to true salvation or to help wicked people assemble. And Amen. so I just I trust the Lord, and I'm ready to see what, what's going to happen, and I believe whatever comes of this is for His glory, and so I pray He uses us in that. Amen. Amen. Well said. Carter? I think one of my greatest takeaways was just— you know, you go, you're thrown in jail. You have no idea what's happening. You know, I've never been in any trouble before. And so that first night in jail, I'm just at the end of my road. No idea what's going on. But within those five days in jail, I realized, you know, we don't know how long we're going to be here. We don't know when we're getting out. We have no idea what these people are going to do. But God always has a purpose for his children. And if you're alive and have breath, and you're serving Jesus Christ, you have a purpose. And so I realized that through this, we were able to share the gospel with inmates in jail. (laughs) That if we weren't in there, they may have never heard the gospel. Amen. That's right. And people at my workplace, um, truckers and people that know me, but they're not Christians, they don't know the gospel, enraged, and they ask, wait a minute, what were you doing out there? And it's an instant door to share the gospel. So the way I see it is, at first, it's like, here's a great tragedy, and it is hard, and it's something we seek to have these charges dropped. We seek to have this resolved, but in it, we can be sanctified, and we can actually have a wider door to share the gospel and a further impact than ever before. Brilliant. It's kind of like the Apostle Paul. He's talking to the Jews, and all of a sudden, he gets sent up to Caesar, right? It's like, that's not what I was choosing to do, but uh, God put me there, and he put it, put me there for a good purpose. Jesse? I'll just say this, Tim. Uh, I have been just humbled and just moved greatly by the show of support from local people in Montana, from that county and all over Montana. We didn't really know anybody in that part of the country. And so a lot of folks have stepped up to help us. And I don't have time and won't go into that detail. But I want to make it clear as a final word that we co- I committed to the Lord to walk across America. And I'm not finished. And so we will resume our walk across America from the very spot it was sabotaged. We will do that. 
And my message for those who are trying to prosecute us, the officers that colluded, I believe the county uh, attorney uh, is involved in this collusion. Uh, my message for them is no pleas, no deals. Don't even open your mouth and waste your breath to try to get us to plead even to a $2 fine. It'll never happen. We did nothing wrong on Amen. the side of that highway. We did what is our duty before God. Someone asked General Lee after the Civil War if he had, if what he would do if he had an opportunity to do it all over again. He said, if everything should happen over again, I would act precisely in the same manner. And that is exactly what my message would be, that we love God. We love truth more than we love our own comfort. And we've had a lot of support from folks. And I just want people out there to know that not everybody backs down. Not everybody gives into the threats of the wicked. There are those that are going to draw a line and stand, just like my ancestors did against the British here in North Carolina. And we're not backing down. We did nothing wrong. We have nothing to apologize for. And we have every right by God and by the laws of this land to move about freely and to talk about the things of God and the things of Jesus Christ without fear of being molested. Yep or harassed or harangued. And we have to assert that so that these things don't happen to someone else who just wants to walk into Montana. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Guys, you can, you can check out uh, Jesse and his ministry at the long walk USA.com. The long walk USA.com is pretty easy, right? He's, he's taking a walk. So it's the long walk USA.com. Be sure and check that out. And then also Montana Attorney General, and again, I'll have this in the archive later this morning, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, 1-800-498-6455, 1-800-498-6455. And listen, be respectful, but be firm. Look, we're watching you guys. We see what's went on. We've got the, we've got the, the, um, the body cams from the cops here. We see what they're doing. And by the way, tell them to clean up their cop's mouth, too. They don't need to be talking like that. I see this all the time with these police officers. We have a report at least once a day where some cop is abusing some citizen somewhere in an unnecessary fashion. Now, sometimes a citizen is a little ornery. I get that. Doesn't mean they get a bullet in the head. Okay, it means they need the cops need to be trained how to enforce the law without being judge, jury and executioner. That's what they need to be. So give them a call. One eight hundred four nine eight six four five five. Jesse, if you guys will hang on, let me close out the show here. I'll say goodbye to you off air. Guys, catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, Sons of Liberty Media dot com. And then Lord willing, we're going to be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m. bright and early. We'll talk to you then. See you.